Welcome to our first episode. This is on Earth Day 2021, April the 22nd. So, what does Earth Day mean? Does it mean something about renewable energy? Does it mean making a lower carbon footprint? Is it all about climate change? Or is it about running out of finite resources? Or is it more about what can you do to try and save the Earth from the problems with global warming? I'm Philip Russell, and here's my son, Paul. And we're going to go and try and talk about some of the conscious choices we make daily. Mm -hmm. Well, on this grand day of Earth Day, uh, it's one of those things where we didn't quite make the decision today. We actually did it yesterday, so we'll, we'll, we'll count it for it. And setting up the garden, you know, putting some new plants in to make everything look nice. And we decided that perhaps instead of using um, compost that contains peat, we'll go peat-free, didn't we? Yeah. We had the choice. It cost exactly the same amount of money, but by not choosing peat, but using some other base, which is sort of renewable and sustainable, yeah. uh, we're not using up the peat bogs, which absorb a lot of carbon. Yeah, and, and that's in all the name games of, of the day, you know, in, is recording how much CM2 is being in, uh, is in the atmosphere and how much we are missing. But also it's one of those things where not reducing what we're using, but it's sort of clever ways of putting it, of reusing it, or I wouldn't say recycle because it's sort of, it's a byproduct, you know, but it's sort of, you know, recapturing and storing and making everything better. So, all right then, did you know that uh, over the last approximately 10 years, so this is uh, 2000 from uh, 2020 to 2010, over the decade, you know, given that much, that CO2 concentrations have risen by 0.6%. It's quite frightening. It's quite frightening to see how much we've gone up. I, I remember when I was at school, which is probably now quite a few hundred years ago, according to most of my students, the amount of carbon in the air wasn't stated at 0.04%, but it was stated as a lower number than that. But now... Did, didn't start... you say it was like 0.36 or something? It was something, and... Uh, and, and I thought, yeah, and I thought, yeah, it, it was my imagination. I'd sort of remembered it wrong. But we did get your old textbook, and we did find it was um, the 3.6. Yeah. And the newer textbooks, the textbooks nowadays, are stating it at 0.4. So, obviously, over the, the thousands of years, you know, the, over, you know, the huge amount of CO2 has been increasing. And now we're sort of getting to the point where we've now got to make that decision. You've, we've now got to change the minds of... But, it's not necessarily changing the minds, but it, it's getting people to make that simple choice, such as, in our case, you know, such as buying that peat tree, choosing to protect the peat bog, rather than just saying, you know, 
don't really matter. You know, I've always used Pete. But, you know, but one of the major arguments always has been is that the cheap things, the easy things, have always been cheap. And the more uh, good things, you know, the eco-friendly. eco-friendly things, they're always seen as, you know, expensive because, you, of course, you're paying for the premium of using an eco-friendly alternative. It requires extra processing or manufacturing. But, you know, our peak, our peat-free compost was exactly the same cost as the normal compost. It was just whether you wanted it with peat or without peat. So, you know, the argument that uh, renew or eco-friendliness costs more is a sort of, it's becoming a load of rubbish, really. Well, we we saw when we were there, we could buy different ones with different amounts of peat in. We could see ones with 50% peat, with 90% peat. And, of course, the one which is sustainable, one that was also 0% peat. But it's not just the peat. It's making all those conscious decisions where we go thinking that we can make a little bit of difference. I know I talk to a lot of my students and they say, well, if I just do this one thing, not really going to make any difference, why bother? And the answer, I suppose, to this is that if you make a decision to do it and all your friends make a decision to do it, then gradually we start to make some progress. So how about turning off those lights when you leave your room? We've mostly turned to LEDs now anyway, which use an awful oh, lot of Exactly. Energy. LEDs have been saving the way for, for, for ages. You know, what, take a 600-watt bulb and it's now 60 watts? Well, no, well, not quite. I do it the other way around. A, a 60 watt is it's now a 6 six watt. It, it makes more sense that way. Yeah. I went round and calculated all the light bulbs in our house that we've got on. And Which is quite a lot because um, someone requires a, a little bit more light than one other sh- should be noted. But I'm still using less than 100 watts of light, which is the same as one bulb before. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's fantastic for the point of view that you're then not using that electricity or, you know, which gives us into this lovely thing where, you know, today, beautiful, beautiful blue skies. You know, not a cloud in the, in the sky, just ignore the one behind us. You know, that's all I can say. But, you know, did you know that last year was the sunniest 22nd of April of, of all the since records began, which I have to say was the 1960s, so we'll glance over that one. But, yeah, last year, sunniest, and well... This is worldwide. This is worldwide. This is, yeah, not, not sort of one of things. So, not we're hoping today will be the sunniest and beat that record, because, of course... It's, <laughs> it's not of, a record we want to really beat, yeah, is it? Yeah, but it's one of those things where, you know, surprisingly enough, it's a sunny day, blue skies, Gaza. But that's a conscious decision, right? Okay, I'm going outside instead of using electricity to light up my gloomy house, right? But, you know, things like going on a bicycle. You know, how about, how about this as a decision? Ready? Going, taking the extra, uh, going, taking public transport and stopping one stop early. You see, now that is a, for 
an interesting topic in itself. Well, that's what your mother does. She, when she goes into London to work, she's been getting off one stop earlier and then two stops earlier and three stops earlier and doing some walking because it's good for her as well as sort of it doesn't make any difference really because the train's still going to run. Yeah, the trains are going to run. It's still going to cost. But by making that small decision, not only does she improve her health, but technically she's not, the train isn't working as hard to basically pull an extra person worth of, of you know, around. Because it's all down to that how much energy things require. It's choosing to take the train. It's choosing to take the bike or the bus rather than the car. I always hate it when I see kids get into the car in our road and they drive the one 200 yards to the hay, to the school and there they then sort of drop the kids off and think, did that really need to spend the petrol to go in, into the car to be driven? Yeah, because it's all, you know, a petrol car will emit the same amount of petrol or emit CO2, because cars don't emit petrol, just, just putting that yeah. way. But, um, you know, in, in neutral, then it probably does in accelerating. But also, if the car is only doing a very short journey, then it hasn't warmed up, the catalytic converter's not working, so basically the car is doing an awful lot more pollution, you know, emitting so much more pollution than it would do if... It was warmed up. But then it's healthier. It's a healthier decision to walk. It's lots of things we can do. It's it's not just walking, which saves petrol, which saves this sort of valuable resource that we're getting through, like there is the phrase, no tomorrow. It's thinking about turning off those lights it's not running the tap while you're cleaning your teeth uh, it is about recycling more how many times do i see students to also just uh, throw the can away rather than recycle it they got better over the years well, i was gonna say uh, over the few years there was a small um, statistic reported in the news yesterday that what was it 17 percent of people are more likely to actually not to recycle that's the wrong way to describe it but to um not be friends with someone who doesn't recycle if that makes any sense it's more the sort of they are choosing if you don't recycle you're sort of seen as sort of you know you're just you're the enemy you're evil and i'm not going to be friends with you i'm making that choice that i don't want to know you because I want to only know people who recycle, who are good for the environment, rather than just, mm. you know, throwing away, you know. It's, it's the way things are changing. I think attitudes are slowly changing. We're seeing more in the news. We're seeing programmes more on climate. We've got lots of awareness now on plastics and plastic waste. Mm -hmm. And all of this is Earth Day. It's what we can do to try and keep this world going longer, better, because I'd like to live in 
a place called Eden. I'd like to live in that perfect sort of place that's wonderful. I would just prefer just to be able to live. So it, it, it's making that lovely decision. It, it's doing it. You know, we made a lovely decision to start a podcast. Admittedly, we're doing it on Earth Day, but it's... It, and we decided to, you know, to name this Going Green. So I'm just going to... You're going to look up. I'm going to look. And what Going Green actually means is to pursue knowledge and practices that can lead to more environmentally friendly and ecologically responsible decisions and lifestyles. And I think it's the ecologically responsible being aware of your environment and what you're doing to it. It is thinking about, do I need to have all this electricity on because that's using up more of these fossil fuels. I know looking at that grid watch, we can see that we are using more and more renewable energy. We've seen over the last few years, coal coming right down. We've seen renewables going up. I've got these solar panels on my roof and at the moment you can see that we're actually got the lights on, the cameras on, but we're actually not using any electricity from the grid. It's all being generated. Well, that, that's, that's one of the critical things. You know, how many you see in the on driving around, you know, how many people are putting solar panels on their houses and things, which is, you know, they're making that step to actually go and show you know, you know, yes, all right, there's the, the benefit of sort of like, oh, I'm not spending money on my electricity bill, which is saving money. But directly from that, you see, the grid, the energy grid, isn't having to produce that power. You're self-generating. And I think it's quite a lot of things to say for someone else to tell you, you know, like the council setting up the recycling centres and all sorts of things. But I do think it's a matter of, you know, if you were given the choice... What would you prefer? Or making it easier for you to do the, the better thing. You know, such as doing the recycling, having your council, I don't know, perhaps actually uh, recycle not the correct things, but have a better recycling where they recycle more things. And that you can only do by petitioning your council and talking to them and saying, could they do this, that? and the other we can do our own local recycling of course uh you can recycle all your food into compost mm -hmm. and a lot of people think oh that's too much effort our council are very good they will actually take all that and they will work on the stuff and then they'll sell it back to us of course as that peat-free compost, peat -free compost. absolutely yeah, and it is this sort of cycle where you've got to find the the reasons behind to do things, but it has to be practical. You know, people don't want to do things, not on a whim, that's the wrong way to describe it, but yes, it benefits the planet, but, you know, I want to see the benefit myself, you see. So that's where, you know, the recycling, you know, it's yeah. a business. They're running a business, but at the same time, although they're not necessarily the cheapest business, you know, this is sort of one of those things where, you know, incineration is very much more cheaper, but they're actually saying well, we're going to pay a better, higher price. And obviously, you know, fortunately, council tax goes up, 
but instead of sort of paying for someone to incinerate anything, no, we're going to pay someone to recycle it. And so if you're using your, you know, the, the pounds where it places, you know, the council's decision is to actually say, we're going to put the prices up, unfortunately, but, in, but the prices are going to pay for the better service. And I don't really mind doing that. We've got to think about that every sort of aluminium can you don't throw away that gets recycled, it means that we don't have to go out and dig up more aluminium. And to actually get that aluminium ore and re sort of refine it, that costs an awful lot more money than just taking some sort of existing aluminium and recycling that, just putting it back into the system. The same's always gone on with cars. You've had the cars go to the scrapyard, and that's made into metal, how, which yeah, is put how, back how into more yeah, cars. Yeah, how many old cars are in now? New cars is one of those interesting things. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and all these materials are going. You know, it's like your phone. How much precious ore? I say ore, metal, and all sorts of is in your phone like all right do you know how much gold is in your phone no how much it's probably something like you know like a three uh micrograms it's it's, it's something very small because it's on the conductors and on the terminals you know and your phone doesn't doesn't have that many but it has a fair few it's fair enough but you see instead of you know digging up uh new gold we can just take that and just just well you can it. start putting one phone doesn't make a difference, but a thousand or ten thousand, that starts making the difference. We're running out of things like copper. We're running out of lots of those rare metals that are sort of found in phones. I was surprised looking at that periodic table of the proportion of elements used in a mobile phone. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's frightening to see that. And once you've got that idea, you can see how much is being used and you're thinking, oh, this is going to run out. And it's not the fact that I want a mobile phone or I need a mobile phone. It's the fact that I need two mobile phones. And, well, I've well, got that old one. And no, 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 no. It's, it's, I've it. got to have the latest and greatest. That's all I've got to say. I've got to have it. Well, no, no, I've just bought the last one, but no, I need to have the latest and greatest. But do you need the latest and greatest? Is that last generation phone, the previous years, still working for you? you know? Well, there are a lot of policies in certain companies that they're not allowed to put the prices up on phones or any goods. And so the only way they can put the prices up is to bring out the next version, the, the 2021 version, which has got a different colour or a different look, not necessarily different or even better features, sometimes even worse features. I don't like the idea now that phones have got batteries in them that I can't get at. I had an old phone for years and it ran for years. It was on its umpteenth battery exactly and um, and um, it worked it, it works though absolutely and it's the conscious well that's that's the whole other topic is this right to repair right to buy and sort of all that 
but which we won't delve into this uh, today or this episode, which is a conversation, you know, a conversation it's, for it's later. A conversation definitely for later. But you know, things are running out. But you know, making things disposable isn't really a good way of where you're going. There are some things that you think ought to be disposable for health reasons, but dentists don't do that. They don't have a, a one sort of piece of equipment and they just put it in your mouth, have a look, and then chuck it away. Now what they do is they have a nice stainless steel one, and once they've finished with it, they autoclave it, get rid of all known and unknown pathogens, kill them all off, and they can use that item again and again and again many years. When I talked to my dentist, and uh, I started with my first dentist when I was a little kid, and uh, he retired uh, several years ago, and he was proud to say that most of the tools he was using were still the ones he had when he looked in my mouth the very first time. They didn't wear out. Well, it's, it's one of those things where previously we didn't have the cheaper materials or even the less durable materials, so you had to make those tools out of them. Whereas now, you see, we've got those, you know, the cheap plastics where you can make things. But do you still want to have a disposable, you know, disposable cutlery, per se, when stainless steel cutlery is still around, it's still perfectly fine? You know, and you take the idea of your, uh, any canteen at sort of school or anything it's sort of like you know do they sell the plastic cutlery in which case you can't use it again really or do they use um, the, but the problem is it's ah oh, but kids you see they don't return it we can't wash it and see and we lose it and we're just forever buying it. but you're forever buying the disposable ones so you've got to you know make the choice and that actually make the decision to get kids to help and return you know, you've got this thing where you've got the, I say the, the lovely buzzword in the, all the communities is gamification. But, you know, rewarding kids for returning the first steel cutlery or rewarding you for making that decision to be green, you know, should be one thing where or half the policy should include, you know, I chose to walk. What is the benefit? Well, you've got not only exercise, but sort of, you know, you've got the apps and games that track your pedometers that give you like gold medals or you know silver, depending how far you've not walked. I think it's down to training, and I think if we actually train small children when they're sort of fairly young, you get them into this, that, and the other, then they keep many of these attitudes for life. And we're seeing this more and more. It, it's getting there. It's getting. There. It's it's one of the things where schooling has been and forever will be the best policy in changing all the conversations and it's changing the teachers it's to get them to think about this and now we're seeing that the people who originally all everything started off i'm seeing early 2000s you know even in the 1990s they're now growing up and being sort of now this what you call the the working generation maybe work they're now making the decisions they now got the attitude but they're also going you know as you see from i wouldn't say all the protests because it's not quite where but the demonstrations demanding change is more the attitude but they're seeing is you know 
we're going to live for the next, I don't know, 80 years. Right, in those 80 years, I want something to be done. I don't want to sort of have the problem of all these things. I want them. But the other thing is, we grew up worse, in a worse place. Why do we have to grow up, leave it in a worse place? Surely we can make it better. I get students say to me, it's my fault and I've got to do something. Yes, it, it isn't just my generation. It, it's all generations. And just saying that it's somebody else's fault isn't the way out of this. What we've actually got to do is say, I don't like this. What we're all going to do is we all are going to change. We are all going to try to use more renewable energy. We're all going to try and make and create a lower carbon footprint. We're all going to do our little bit for climate change. And in and that it, way... Yeah, and in that way, better. we all get better. And it's those, you know, they say those sort of, you know, one small leap wasn't that fantastic, but surely it was a whole large leap for mankind. Well, perhaps that's another one. So thank you for listening to this podcast. We will be back next week doing this weekly podcast on going green. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.